Well, praise God. Good to see everyone here on Mother's Day. Tonight, to this morning's sermon title, The Heart of a God-Fearing Mother. Did my absolute best to seek the Lord, what He would have me to say to you this day, and I can't think of a better title for today other than the heart of a God-fearing mother. You know, I, I think about our mothers today, and you know, they deserve a lot of credit. They carried us in our womb, or in their womb for nine months. They went into intense labor for us. I cooked the finest meals, cleaned the house both day and night. Many have entered into the workplace, and many have raised their children as single parents. There's no doubt this day, we must be very thankful for our mothers. One more time, then, if the mothers could please stand and let's give them great recognition. Today in this message... I want to give you three points, all that do, deal with the letter P. These three points, a couple passages of scripture, yeah, a side scripture or two, and we'll get you out of here. <laughs> Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. For my first point, I want to make it very clear that indeed, God-fearing mothers are protectors. God-fearing mothers are protectors. And so you can turn in your Bibles, if you have not already, to Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. reads like this. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. 
And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So we see this account then. Jesus only being 12 years old. And in this passage of scripture, we see the event of Passover highlighted. According to God's law, every male was required to go to Jerusalem three times a year for great feast. And Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 16, speaks of the required law. Passover was celebrated in the springtime. What was Passover? Passover commemorated the night in which the Jews escaped from Egypt, the time in which God struck down the firstborn in Egypt, and Passover, the homes of the Israelites. Passover was the most important celebrations of the three annual feasts in Jerusalem. So Mary and Joseph, they they finished their time at the Passover. And they were leaving Jerusalem. And they weren't traveling by themselves per se. They, They had groups around them in the situation. So they assumed that Jesus was amongst them. Amongst the travelers. And as I understand this passage, Mary and Joseph, they left one morning traveling away from Jerusalem. And by evening, they realized that Jesus was not with them. And so they acquired amongst relatives acquaintances, those that were really close to him, those that were traveling with him. Hey, where's the boy Jesus? At this point in time, then, Mary and Joseph were on a mission to find that young boy Christ. Now think about it if it happened today. What do we do when there's a 12-year-old child missing. The things I think about, 911 call, Amber Alert, having it all over the news, people posting up signs, law enforcement on high alert, volunteers searching the area. These are all the things that we do today when there is a missing child, and I think that's what would happen if this took place today. It's a little bit different back then. Oh, Mary and Joseph, I'm sure with great concern at this point, 
They just decided then they were going to return to Jerusalem looking for that boy, their son, Jesus. Mary, the God-fearing mother, was seeking Jesus, her son, so that she could protect him. After three long days, and I mean long, this must have been really, really tough for him. After three days, they finally find Jesus in the temple. And as they find him then, the scripture notes that people were totally amazed at what Jesus was speaking about and his ability to relate to people and to teach at only age 12. And he was a good listener to what people were telling him. Mary finally found the young boy and she was extremely upset with him. Mary looked at her son, Jesus, and said to him, Son, why have you done this? Your father and I have sought you anxiously. So I imagine then Mary is really, really upset with him and really giving him a lecture at this point and really even to the point and even wanting to discipline him because... Mary wanted to protect him from all harm. So she said to him, Son, why have you done this? Your father and I are looking for you. And we've been so upset looking for you. And we wanted to find you. Why have you done this to us, son? The young boy, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, at age 12, looked back at his mother. He said, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And today, church, we got to understand here on Mother's Day, we got to be about our father's business. Mary and Joseph did not understand what the young son was talking to them about. The three of them returned to Nazareth. It was then that Jesus was submissive to his parents. Jesus' mother Mary remembered in her heart all the things that had recently happened at this point. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature at this point in his life. At age 12, he was filled with godly wisdom from his heavenly father and he was growing to be a man. But we see in this passage of scripture, Mary didn't understand everything that was going on with her son Jesus at age 12, but make no mistake about it, she was a protector of her child. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that every God-fearing mother that's here in me today, you want nothing more than to protect your children at all costs. The heart of a God-fearing mother must absolutely protect their children. The God-fearing mother always, always protects their children.
My second point I want to bring before you. The heart of a God-fearing mother. God-fearing mothers are providers. And you can turn, if you like, to Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. It's a little lengthy passage, but I'll read it there in a minute once you get there. The scriptures are on the projectors. Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. Remember my second point as we read this passage of scripture together. God-fearing mothers are providers. So Proverbs 31, starting with verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies? The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it, and from her profits she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives her merchandise is good, and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the, to the distaff, and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Again, my second point, God-fearing mothers are providers. And this passage of Scripture is talking about a virtuous wife and a wife of noble character, but I believe it can be applicable not only to a wife of noble character, but also to a, God, a godly mother who provides for her children. 
So King Solomon chooses to end the book of Proverbs talking about the wife and mother of noble character. What a lengthy passage. What should I do with this? I think I'm just going to paraphrase and highlight points from this passage of Scripture. First of all, I'd like to say, the virtuous wife, the wife of noble character, her husband has complete and total trust in her. Virtuous wife, the lady of godly character, her husband has complete and total trust in her. She does good and shuns evil all the days of her life. As we see early in this passage, I believe that word all is very crucial. The godly mother shuns evil and does good works for God's kingdom all the days of her life. She provides food for her family. She receives strength from Almighty God. She helps the poor and the needy. She weathers the storm. Her husband is highly respected amongst the elders throughout the community. Of good, strong, godly reputation, both her and her husband. She is filled with kindness and wisdom. And I like this, that her children rise up and call her blessed. I hope that that happens for every last one of our mothers today, that your children rise up and call you blessed this very day. Her husband praises her. And I love verse 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but praise God Almighty for every lady who fears the Lord God Almighty. We see in this passage, no doubt, that the heart of a God-fearing mother provides for her family. And the third point I want to bring before you, plain and simple, God-fearing mothers are prayer warriors. God-fearing mothers are prayer warriors. I love to hear the story about Pastor Ed and his time in high school and I believe his senior year walked by his mother's bedroom and heard her praying for her son. And I believe that it's through those prayers that he's our pastor today. And I believe full-heartedly that many of us are here today because of our God-fearing mothers who prayed for us. When times were tough, when times were bad, our mothers got on their knees and prayed for us. Prayer warriors... 
And I believe full-heartedly that the heart of a God-fearing mother, she knows the Word of God very strongly and powerfully and prays the Word of God over her children. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 is a familiar passage of Scripture. The New King James only records it as three words. Pray without ceasing. That is indeed the heart of a God-fearing mother. One who prays for her children. Prays without ceasing. Again, we see then God-fearing mothers protectors, they're providers, and they certainly are prayer warriors. I thank the Lord for all the prayers from our mothers this very day. And so we see, very importantly, not limited to these three points, but you get it today, the heart of a God-fearing mother. Many have come today. The Lord wants to meet you right where you're at. As we already see in the scripture in Luke chapter 2, we got to be about our Father's business. And I don't feel released to go to the closing song just yet. Today, You're here. If you haven't made things right with the Lord, today's your opportunity. Certainly we're here to honor the mothers today, to lift them up. Yes, it is their special day. But God's word has made it clear in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, part B. He's willing that none should perish and that all all would come to repentance. What better day than Mother's Day? Any day is a great day to accept the Lord. You're here today and you're hearing the Word of God. If you're not right with the Lord, I want to tell you that Jesus loves you. That Jesus died on the cross to save you. I want you to know We're all a product of our environment. And God used your mother that you would be here this day and hear the word of God. So I want to make it clear that the Lord desires a relationship with each and every one of us here on Mother's Day. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. Today, if you would be so honest to say, I'm not a Christian, I haven't accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, if that's you today, I want you to take the first step and just lift your hand before the Lord in honesty and just lift your hand before the Lord this day. Anybody?
Today, if you say, I'm backslidden, I'm away from the Lord, if that's you today, please raise your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Anyone else? As we go to the Lord in prayer, these altars are always open. And I want everyone to look at me for one moment today. Yesterday at our church, we had a memorial for Mike DeBoard, Jenna's dad. He only made things right with the Lord eight days before he left the earth. Yesterday's gone. Today will soon be over. And tomorrow is certainly not promised. So if there is anybody here that needs to come and pray, come and pray today. Come and pray. These altars are open at this time. You can pray. We have pastors here. We have lay leaders here. People can come and pray with you. You don't have to come and pray alone. But come now and pray at this time. As I'm praying, feel free to come out of your seats. Walk down the aisle. The Lord will meet you right here at the altar. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this service. Thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to present your word that will never return void. And Lord Jesus, we want to quote you today. We must be about our Father's business. Lord Jesus, if there's people here today that are here on Mother's Day that don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would experience salvation before it's too late. Lord, if there's people that have backslidden and are away from you, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would touch their hearts and lives, that they would give their lives back to you and honor you and serve you all the days of their lives. Lord Jesus, we love you and praise you and thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you, Lord, it is your will that none should perish and that all would come to repentance. Holy Spirit, may you come in this place in a strong and powerful way. We love you, Lord Jesus. We give you thanks and praise and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If there is anyone who needs to pray, don't leave church today without praying. You can find myself or Pastor Ed after the service. There needs to be a rededication, first-time commitment, whatever it is. Pastors, leaders are available. People can lead you to the Lord this very day. Don't leave church today if you're not saved. At this time, Pastor Ed and I have a special for you. And this song, Supper Time, 
And this is a special tribute for all our mothers and all the mothers that have gone on before us into God's glorious kingdom.